What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite iZombie podcast out there, iZombie Radio. I am one of your hosts, Blaze Hopkins, and I am here with my two main dudes, Chris and Sean. How are you guys doing, Sean? What's going on, my man? Well, I'm currently trying not to melt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) California is experiencing yet another heat wave. Um, It seems to be like the third one this month. And oh, yeah, it's the third week of uh, October. Uh, (laughs) Random days of coolness and then just back to triple digits. Always fun. That's definitely pretty wild. Cannot relate out here on the East Coast where we're finally getting some cool weather. Yeah, if you total up the amount of damage done by the California wildfires this year alone, Rhode Island would have been burnt to a crisp. <laughs> that's crazy. The entire state of Rhode Island. Yeah, that's One, pretty either wild. that's a lot of damage, or Rhode Island is really freaking tiny. <laughs> or both. It, it can be two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. That's good to hear. And uh, Chris, how are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, just uh, kind of had a a little bit of a lazy day today. A little a little under the weather, so I've been like kind of having like some some like sleeping sickness essentially because with whatever this like cold thing or whatever it is, no matter how much I sleep, I apparently need more sleep. So. Uh, I'm good. Glad to be awake, though. Here talking with you guys, and then I'm probably gonna catch up on some more TV afterwards, and then and then hit the hay. Um, but yeah, not excited to sort of be talking about iZombie again. I feel that, and uh, I'm good as well. Have a lot going on. Definitely tired, also. But uh, did anyone did anyone I, ask how you were, Blaze? I, I don't, you know, just saying. oh snap. Nah, but that's what I have to get away with, <laughs> feeling like I have an outlet of people listening. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, I can at least say I am fortunate enough to not be feeling either sick or hot, so. <laughs> well, aren't you lucky? You, <laughs> yeah. you, you win this round, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But, uh, we do have, uh, one little tidbit of news to kick off tonight with, um, a little casting announcement for iZombie, and um, a Walking Dead alum um, by the name of Daniel Bonjour is going to be joining. I'm sure that's how he pronounces it all the time. I hope so, or at least like I hope that whenever he walks in a room, like that's how somebody pronounces it for him. No, he yeah. just walks into a room and goes, Bonjour! And everyone goes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I I just wonder in France, do they go, Bonjour, Bonjour? Like, right. You know, like, yeah, that's like, I don't know, but things. this is the things that keep me up at night. Anyway, sorry, continue. So, um, for anybody who isn't as familiar with uh, this actor, he has been on, most, rec- rec- most recently, uh, the CW show Frequency, um, and he's been on The Walking Dead. Um, he was also on Flaked and Teen Wolf and Satisfaction. So he's been around a little bit. But um, he will be joining iZombie in this now uh, this new world as a sort of a documentary filmmaker. And um, he is basically going to be following around 
um, you know, different people. Um, what is it? I guess the sort of terminally ill people. Yeah, because we. He's going Go to be exploring uh, what I think is going to be a very unique aspect of the show in uh, being a filmmaker who follows around is going to sort of explore the terminally ill people getting smuggled into the zombie city, um, hoping to be, you know, converted and uh, and join the undead. And uh, his character will be named uh, Levon, Levon, right? I don't know if anybody would, can help I, me with this uh, pronunciation here. I'd say Levon, probably. You're right. That That's my guess. Um, but, yeah, he's basically going to be exploring um, and learning more about these people who want to get scratched and, uh, and sort of become undead, um, which I personally think is an awesome character to introduce to the show because I think that's a really important aspect of this new world. And we've sort of gotten like, you know, hints, uh, that something like this would be being incorporated. But, um, but Chris, I mean, like, you know, why don't you fill us in? What are your initial thoughts on this, this, uh, new casting? Um, I think the character definitely sounds interesting. Uh, I mainly know, uh, Daniel Bonjour as an actor from, um, from free, from free, eh, frequency, easy for me to say, uh, which I uh, which I reviewed last year um, during its one and only season. Uh, I thought he did solid work on there. I mean, he definitely wasn't anything where I went, "Wow, I need this mm-hmm. guy on everything." But he also didn't make me go, "This guy's a weak link on the show." So um, I would, I'm curious to see with this type of character, kind of what he brings to Zombie. And I'm, again, I'm really just curious to see kind of how this character fits into this new landscape, uh, you know, this new Seattle that we're going to uh, um, be dealing with in uh, in season four. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about this casting, uh, this casting news, and uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see who he interacts with uh, from the main cast and kind of like what his relationships will be to, uh, to our main characters. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh uh, you know, definitely a good, good uh, way to look at it, and interesting how you, you know. I'm glad that you can add the little past experience or sort of feelings you've had towards the actor. Um, I mean, the it's it's tough because, uh, just real quick, like his role in Frequency was kind of it was it was kind of a, it was kind of a thankless role in a lot of ways. It was pretty dull, mm-hmm. um, and. And and because he was just this like boyfriend type character, uh, and he didn't have like a lot of real nuance to him. But when he was required to kind of bring some more depth to some heavier scenes, I, I thought he did it nicely. So I'm I'm more hoping that we get to see some some different shades uh, to him in this role. But yeah, yeah, it's a uh, so I, and I and I haven't watched The Walking Dead in years, so I couldn't tell you how he was on that, but. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> More than likely. Sean, how do you feel about this, too? I mean, do you have anything to add? What's your take on it? I don't honestly know the guy. Like, mm-hmm. if he was on The Walking Dead, I probably either just missed him or haven't gotten to that point when I decided to go, eh, and just move away from the series. Because I got to a point where I just got bored and moved on to something more interesting. Um, Sorry. 
Do you it just, think it's interesting? You know, like, how about the character on iZombie, though? Like, do you think that's a, a good aspect to introduce? It definitely seems like something iZombie would throw into the mix just because it it's one of those things that you kind of have to have when a city's sort of quarantined like mm-hmm. that. And there is some sort of smuggling operation. There always tends to be, like, someone trying to, like, get some insight onto how or why or what. And I mean, it could make for some interesting moments for sure. Like the, Oh, can you say that again? I didn't catch that on tape. Mm-hmm. Or no, you won't say tape because it's 2017. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I think too, it, it kind of goes along with what they teased at Comic-Con that, this, that this aspect of the show, it's going to kind of be like this like refugee-type storyline. It's going to be a little more politically charged. Um, so it makes sense, like as you said, Sean, to have someone who is a documentarian who's kind of lending his eye to this um, and probably has a, a view and an opinion uh, that he wants to get across. Yeah. I like that it... I, to me, I at least think that it does a nice job of sort of just bringing another human element into it. I mean, obviously, one of the main things that this show does is bring up the question, you know, the classic question of sort of, like, what does it mean to be human and everything, and, like, what defines being human. And um, and so I like that we're going to at least be introduced to a character who's going to help us explore, uh, like, logically explore another uh, area of that within the show and the show's setting how he you know how this ties into the main characters or the main plot i'm more interested to see um but yeah i like it i i think it's a good uh a good thing for them to incorporate and something that's going to be definitely like very relevant to this new world for sure and i think we'd be uh it would be wrong of us not to mention how the i zombie writers room reacted to the news which uh yeah was which is really funny. I don't know if you want to uh, uh, read it, Blaze, or... Um, oh, yeah, so basically on Twitter, the uh, iZombie Writers Room replied to TVLine.com's uh, report, uh, Bonjour Indeed, ooh la la. And uh, that, that got back a, a response from <laughs> Robert Buckley, who said, keep it in your pants. And you uh, <laughs> sense a little bit of jealousy here, but... <laughs> yeah it was, it was good and and then they said we'll always have uh season three episode two which obviously was you know um <laughs> was uh was teenage girl brain with you know major taking like half naked selfies and things like that and uh yeah oh my god your abs makes me want to kill myself yeah exactly uh a line that just... will go down in infamy I I just I love I just need to I feel like we need to call give a shout out to the iZombie writers Twitter account um, just any time it's it's relevant because uh, it's a it's a damn it's a damn funny Twitter account and uh, even when um, oh God what was it it was uh, the other I think it was last week too yeah they tweeted out uh, a photo of um, of the of the season three DVD and we're like what you think should we get it and stuff like that, like, you know, uh, yeah, 
It's just like if you're not if you're an iZombie fan and you're not following the writers on Twitter, it's just like you're really missing out. It's a uh, it's a no brainer. Do you guys get it? Uh, mm, mm, mm. But uh, but yeah. So uh, but yeah, I think that's just a fun fun kind of tidbit to add to this casting news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's fun. We'll definitely see how this plays out. And uh, I don't know. I'm always excited to see the show explore these new avenues. But that uh, you know, again, we're in the off season, so that pretty much wraps up the. Uh, the major news that we have going on. Um, definitely a nice change of pace, though, to see something announced relating to the show. Um, but with that, it'll pretty much transition us into our review segment of the week, which is going to be the second issue of the iZombie comic. Um, so we kicked off last week by reading the first issue, and that was definitely, I think, a lot different than all of us had expected. Um mm-hmm. And so issue two, uh, I guess the title is Working Stiffs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this sort of pretty much picks up where everything left off. And um, I am very intrigued by this comic. That's like how I'll uh, I'll start things off, just because of one how different it is still, and I'm still sort of like wrapping my head around that. But two, um. I think it's I think it's like very like you know a very interesting structure for a comic and set up uh, interestingly. But uh, Sean, you want to kick us off? I guess what? Uh, how'd you feel about this issue? Um, I mean, it just felt like a purely expositional issue. Like it really did. It pushed the story forward for what I believe this arc is going to to tell mm-hmm. at least with this murder that she's now needing to investigate and it does introduce us to mummy man i guess we're gonna call him <laughs> i don't know um or mu- like the mummy dude from the doom patrol but that might be too much of a crossover um i i mean yeah that's just how it felt to me it was just purely like building up just the sort of multiple different story arcs that are going on. Cause we have the, the bounty hunters as we found out that, or hunters as we found out mm-hmm. um, with uh, Diogenes and Horatio. I'm still surprised I remember their names. Um, and then we have, uh, we've got Gwen and, uh, She's trying to figure it out. And then we've got vampires. You know, just just casually. A whole coven of vampires. I, I don't know what to call a group of vampires, so I'm just going to call it a coven of vampires. For the time <laughs> being. A group? A pack? No, that's uh, werewolves. They, they call it a, uh, a nest on Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. But so, I'll have to set. look into that. Just going along with the hunter's idea, at least, anyway. Yeah. But, like, this group of just pretty much all women vampires. And one dude. No, not one dude. That is wrong. That is, uh... The IT guys at the old folks' home. A really tall old folks' home. Getting my characters all mixed up, but... (laughs) 
I mean, that's just really it. I mean, we're introduced to more characters and we're sort of diving a little deeper into the narrative of this case. So. No, I definitely agree with you. And that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up was I, um, I was kind of surprised that, um, that it's kind of kept things story wise. So separate, um, and it sort of felt like very, uh, almost like, I want to say, like, blocky in terms of how it was uh, structured because of that. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel like this is just another intro episode, or, like, intro episode, intro issue. Um, but, you know, whereas the first issue sort of gave us this, uh, I guess, like, group mentality in a way, you know, by showing us the characters together. Uh, this gives us just more of a look into their personal lives. Um, you know, it opens up with, uh, as I will always refer to him as a uh, spot, uh, you know, like in his work environment and sort of seeing how he navigates, um, you know, being a wear terrier amongst humans. And, uh, and then we also get the exposition on the next page of, uh, you know, like sort of ghosts blending in and everything and like noticing ghosts during the daytime. And then obviously we have, um, you know, we have Gwen um, dealing with her daily life as well, and and then, like, the vampires. So I thought it was interesting that, at least, that this issue chose to now sort of dive more into the setting of the individual characters. Um, I mean, Chris, what did you think? Sort of what were your, like, initial thoughts on the issue? Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and one thing real quick I want to touch upon before I even we go back into the story is because I, I have my book open now. I'm just looking at it. the artwork in this is it's pretty awesome. Um, there's this one panel I'm looking at, which is the one of Ellie coming through the walls to see Gwen. Mm-hmm. And I just love how that's done. Um, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to to the art in the book because I don't know, just the way it uses color and everything, too, especially when you're dealing with characters like Gwen and Ellie that are so, like, pale. Um, and then, you know, we have these, like, like yellows and greens and reds, or even when they did the, the, the paintings that Gwen does. Um, I, I don't know. I just really found the art uh, in this issue especially to be uh, very striking. And, it, it like, it really pulled me in. Um with regards to what you guys were saying uh, with the, the story, I wouldn't necessarily say it was, um, uh, oh my God, uh, ex, uh, why, why can't I, expositional in that way, that it was like, an, it was, I kind of like that it's taking its time to connect everything, but we get the little hints and the little connections. Like, obviously, the redheaded uh, vampire named Claire, like, she at the end is um is going is like planning on like going after uh what is it it's tan and i forget what the other guy's name is who are um here let me look real quick it's uh spots oh. uh yeah tan and, uh tan and patil who uh uh who are um spots you know spots co-workers at the old folks home um so, like, there you go. There's that, like, direct connection to Spot, who's directly connected to 
Gwen, mm-hmm. and we and we know Gwen's painting Claire too, so that it's pretty obvious that you know Claire had some connection with Fred, and is now being is now connecting to, um, you know, uh, is now connecting to uh, Spot's friends from work too. So like we're we're setting the stage here. And I also really like that we got confirmation about um, Horatio and uh, I guess how, how did you say it, Sean? Uh, Diogen, Diogenes. 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 Thank you. It's a Greek um, name. Ah. Yeah. Yes. My 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 Irishness does not allow me to to say Greek names very well. Um. Anyway, but uh, yeah, my Irishness <laughs> it just it just slides straight through it. <laughs> but uh. But yeah. No. Um. I like that we got the confirmation with them being hunters. I like to see that we got a li- we got to see a little bit of their uh, back and forth in this and kind of learn more about them. There's even that um, nice little detail with Horatio where he uses the old old camera and you know he says it belonged to my and then we it gets cut off. Um, so I think this is a really nice job. Yeah, in a way, like it, this isn't this is more of a character issue. Like mm-hmm. this is an issue that really is it's building a up the building issue. It, yeah, for sure. But I, I also really think like, and even like, we get to learn so much more about Ellie and the fact that like, and the rules about ghosts that like she, yeah, that she can't like travel anywhere. Like, I feel so much more connected to even the small character, like like even like someone like Horatio by the end of this issue, mm-hmm. which is what I really appreciate. So now that when everything, when the dominoes start to fall and everything does start to get connected in the next few issues, I'm going to care more. So like, was it, was it the most exciting comic I've ever read? No, but like, I think it was necessary for what's to come. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, like world building is necessary and, um, and then, like, a comic that's going to take longer, you know, you're going to have to dedicate, um, like, you know, a full issue or at least, like, a good chunk of multiple issues to that. And um, and I like it. I think it, it helps make, like, for me as a reader, it helped me make more sense of just, like, everything going on and, like, the logic behind everything. Um, like, the first issue sort of just throws you into things, which is a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, it's definitely kind of, like, whoa, like, what the hell is going on here? There's a were-terrier, there's a mummy, there's all these supernatural beings. It's a lot to take in. And um, and here I thought it was really cool. Like, I thought it was really interesting to uh, to see, yeah, like you said, Chris, just sort of, like, connect more with the characters on a personal level, um, see, like, what they're all about and where they're from. And, uh, and I just liked going into these individual pockets of, uh, of these characters' everyday lives. Um, I also really appreciated, I think that the connection to the vampires, because when we, when you sort of, when we get to that point in the comic, um, of just, you know, seeing how they sort of operate like, like a sorority that owns a, a paintball facility, <laughs> yeah. um, and just how, you know, they sort of have their leader and then she's basically pissed because somebody is secretly going off the reservation which is like you know their way of stealing staying low-key which really clever i have to say you know that they own a paint they like buy a paintball facility and you know paintballs give you bruises so they can get away with sucking the blood of customers and it's just passing you know like any other bruise basically um so i really appreciated that 
That's a nice, like, a really nice subtle detail and something, mm-hmm. like, that, nice that you picked up on there. And, yeah, and it's, like, showing, I I mean, like, but I do, like, you bring up how, and I agree with you, how this the first issue kind of threw us into the world. We don't necessarily, like, without kind of, like, telling us anything, what I do like about this issue is, in a similar way, it just kind of throws us into these separate storylines without really telling us too much, you know? Like, especially even that little, like, insight we get into, like, Mr. Mummy and his, like, weird relationship with the Snow Leopard, who, I'm not sure if he can talk or not, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, that was, that, was, that was an interesting development, just, like, the further... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, but, like, but again, like, we jump, like, right from Gwen talking to Fred's family, like, into that without, like, with little transition. And I don't know, I... I liked it. I, it made me, in a lot of ways, it kind of felt like I was watching, like, it felt cinematic in a way. It felt like I was watching, um, like, like a show or, or a film, the way it just kind of edited and cut back and forth pretty seamlessly. Um, and I liked that, you know, uh, that the that the comic kind of lets the reader piece this stuff together without Gwen or Spot or Ellie having to be like, well, wait a second, this connects to so-and-so who did, the, you know, like we're able to kind of piece things together on our own through, through the, through the details and how different characters kind of end up in different stories. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, um, and then I, I like that it comes full circle. Um, just having, you know, the vampire, it'd be revealed that like one of the vampires is, uh, you know, we see which one is sort of going off reservation and everything. And, uh, and then now, yeah, it's connecting. You know, she's going after uh, Spot's friends from work and his coworkers, and that's obviously going to probably get Gwen and everybody involved. Um, so I think it was an interesting development overall, just for the issue. And um, I also have to um, have to point out how I how much I love that the uh, just with the close-ups of uh, of. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the pronunciation too, even though you guys just went over it. Um, Diogenes, Diogenes. Close, close, ah. close. Um, but <laughs> I just appreciate how he basically is Blade. Uh, he basically looks like Blade. He's got like a sweet scar, some sweet glasses. That's <laughs> hunting vampires. That's, a, that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. That's so true. Um, oh that's just what God. that reminded me of, but, uh, real going off of that though, too, I want to mention, I know I mentioned the artwork in general, the way they do the kind of visions or flashback scenes, um, I think it's really cool how they do those in black and white. Uh, you know, a panel I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. And it has this, like, it has like that sort of like. It's like that close up on Gwen's face, and then it does that. I thought that was like mm-hmm. a really, um, a really like cool and specific way of showing us that, and again making those connections without Gwen going, "Oh right, this is his wife. Oh right, mm-hmm. this is his kid." Like the visual storytelling in this issue is just so well done, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree, and that was sort of the one, like, last major thing I at least wanted to uh, cover was I thought it was so interesting to see that happen, um, you know, rather than getting something like flashbacks that we see in the TV show. Um, 
how a yeah the visual um connection there but b how then you know she starts uh she starts sort of i guess like I don't know whether to call it, like, feelings or just, like, you know, bringing back the connection. You know, she gets these sort of almost as if, like, the the Fred whose brain she ate, like, is taught, you know, as if he's able to talk to her or, like, she or, like, hears him, you know, in her head. Like, um, he's speaking through her in a ex- way. Yeah, exactly. I found that very interesting because I'm curious if that, you know, um, just with how much more of a supernatural presence the comic has – if that'll come into play more, or if, you know, she'll sort of learn how to channel that more. Because I thought it was interesting just, like, you know, to see sort of the the Fred dialogue, like, physically pop up on the page and in the panels. Um, Ag- agreed. I, and I see wonder... her respond to it as well. And again, it's almost like she's talking to herself, because the the Fred, like, the brain character, essentially, like, has not, um, you know, like, they haven't fully like directly interacted or anything but um again just sort of different and no for sure and i'm curious too if we'll get any information on like how much this has happened before mm-hmm. because we we do know about we ha- she has that line at the end of the first issue about you know if she if she solves this murder <clears throat> maybe she can get him to shut up um so obviously like it's um you know, she's had, she's heard the voices before, but has she had it happen where she's interacting with, like, a loved one of this person and has had, you know, especially, like, she keeps calling the son kiddo, and the wife even has that moment where she's like, please don't call him that, my husband always yeah. did. Um, so I wonder how many of these interactions, like, she's had in the past. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's, I agree with you, it was definitely... Definitely, kind of a, a cool, a cool development. I love, I love how much we know about like Gwen and what she goes through without even knowing yet exactly how she became a zombie mm-hmm. or, or you know, and all this stuff. I just think it's, uh, again, them throwing us into this world, uh, and it works because we're with her. You know, her narr- her narration's carrying us through the story, much like Liz does on the show. Um, and I don't know. I'm really, honestly, it like. I stop myself from reading ahead just because when we have these discussions, I, you know, I want to be, we, I think we all want to be in the same place, but it was really tough for me. I was really into this and I, I really wanted to keep going. So I can't wait to see what, what issue three, uh, has in store for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed it as well. I mean, Sean, do you have any, uh, additional thoughts or things you wanted to point out? Um, how did you sort of, uh, enjoy the issue overall? Yeah. Like, even though I said it was very, very like expositiony in a sense. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I actually liked liked it because it it's carrying the story forward. I'm really really wanting to see where this goes mm-hmm. because I'm kind of drawn in now. Like I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. I'm definitely with you. Um, no, I definitely agree. Not much I else think, to say. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, I think I'm with pretty much both of you. I felt like overall this issue was, uh, it did a really solid job of world building. And, um, and I agree. I don't, you know, we're still just in the, the like introduction phase, but, uh, I like how, how attractive they're making sort of the, the world as a whole. And, uh, 
and yeah, I think they're doing a great job so far of just developing the characters, and I really like the personal look into their lives, so I am definitely enjoying it as well, and um, I am, I'm a fan of like the hardcore supernatural elements and everything, and so... For, at least from like a comic perspective, so I'm ready to just like have so much fun with this. Definitely, and uh, and I agree with you, Blaze. That you mentioned about the personal detail. Like, I feel like we know again. We know like we know Spot or Scott and Ellie and Gwen so well right now after these two issues that like the the story can kind of take whatever twist and turns it once, and I'm willing to follow it because mm-hmm. of because of them and uh and yeah the super natural elements are are really cool i i haven't read a lot of comics that you know have these like full-blown like balls to the wall kind of supernatural uh elements to them and and reading it around halloween works well so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <laughs> hmm, it's like we sort of planned it or something <laughs> but we did it is the best part <laughs> yeah no but that's what i'm getting at i know well, um, I mean, you know, if we don't have anything else to add, I think that'll pretty much wrap up our uh, review and reflections on uh, issue number two of the iZombie comic. Okay. And uh, with that, we'll just kind of slide into some plugs. So, as always, uh, Chris, what are you up to, man? Sure thing. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at CKinger13. Uh, don't, everything good there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and um, so you guys can follow me there on Twitter. Uh, that's where you'll find everything I'm doing. Mainly just uh, reviews right now for Arrow, and then uh, I trade off with Blaze every other week on Supergirl and Riverdale. So I took Supergirl this week, and I've got uh, my Arrow review coming out later in the week. So definitely check those out and. Uh, Whenever I get to join uh, my friend Blaze here again on an episode of Comic Convo, you'll know it, uh, it will be retweeted from there as well. And uh, yeah, but that's about it for me, guys. So uh, thanks as always for listening. Absolutely. And uh, Sean, how about you? Okay. Um, Twitter, at SnarkySean. Geekishly Toku Podcast is back. I actually <laughs> just recorded an episode like a couple hours ago. Um yeah, uh, my bedroom's been a zillion degrees all day because I've had to close my window and have my fan off all day. But it's for the love of the craft. And then I have uh, Delicious Flavor, my Psych Rewatch podcast. So if you like superheroes, if you like zombies, and if you like uh, pineapples and fake psychics, then you'll pretty much love all the content that I do. Uh, I'm also the pop culture editor of the Marvel Report, Anything Funko-related or Avengers Academy-related typically is me. Typically. (laughs) So, if you like that stuff, I'm your guy. Awesome. And um, you can find me, as always, at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, We got, uh, as Chris said... Reviewing uh, stuff for TV Overmind, so we're alternating on the Fla- uh, no, Supergirl and Riverdale, and then I have uh, Flash reviews out weekly, and uh, you can also check out episodes of Comic Convo when they come up um, at Comic underscore Convo, uh, pumping out comic reviews for the Marvel Report, um, 
which are always fun to do. And uh, I'm always trying to pump out quick uh, reaction videos and uh, reviews on the Stardust app. So check that out and look for those because that's like the easiest way for me to actually cover all of the content that I want to. And um, other than that, you can find us as a whole on Twitter at iZombieRadio and uh, check us out on Facebook, um, iZombieRadio on Facebook. Uh, otherwise, we're all over pretty much every podcasting app and avenue out there. And, um, you know, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to the show from, whether it's Stitcher or... Uh, what, Podbean, or... Uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, that's just to name a few. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, please check out the Greater DC TV Podcast Network, um, which we love to call home. Uh, a bunch of great people on these great shows covering all of the uh, DC TV shows. You got the Flash Podcast, Supergirl Radio, Legend of Tomorrow Podcast, DC TV Classics, uh, Krypton, Black Lightning, Titans, um, Quiver, right? Is Quiver still? Yeah, Quiver's still there. Yeah, and uh, am I missing any others? No. All right. I think you hit, I think you hit them all. Nicely done. And... Uh, That'll pretty much wrap things up for this week, though. So check all those out. Keep listening to us. And uh, as always, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.